This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. Hello, my loves. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Whoo, hey, Daddy. <laughs> hey, Mama. <laughs> you know why I did that? No, why? Because it's a lot going on right now. Okay, then. And I had to go, whoo, because of the show we're doing today. Tell them what it is. What's the title? Trump, Charlottesville, Virginia. Why does racism exist? Okay. But you gonna tell them, baby? No, you because tell that's them. that's what it is. Trump, Charlottesville, Virginia. Why, why does racism exist? Why does it in the United States of America? Come on, y'all. We're gonna talk about it today because it is all over the TV. It is all over everywhere. And first, our condolences to the family of the sister. Heather Hare. That lost her life uh, in Charlottesville, Virginia, and for the ones that were injured, you know. But it is in our face right now. In it. And I believe what's in our face right now is what this country was built on, how this country was founded, and what did our brother Malcolm X say when the chickens come home to roost? Yeah. I think that is what this country is witnessing right now. It says racism exists because of the sin, and we miss the rest of it. I was reading what somebody had put down. Savannah Double X says, because racism is taught, let's stop the cycle. Well, how do we stop the cycle? Well, first, first. Come on. We were talking about why does it exist in America, Trump, and Charlottesville. Talk about so it. So we got to talk about it. So feel free, first and foremost, guys, to call in at 404-832-2963, and we're going to rap about it. First and foremost, what were your thoughts mm. when you saw the antics in Charlottesville, Virginia? I'm going to tell you, you know how when you see history books and you saw back in the Civil Rights Movement, and you saw pictures of that, and then you went further back, and you saw the KKK with the torches and you like that's that that's that's, that. that's exactly what we're looking at in 2017 let's go to the line see what they talking about hey baby you're on with monique and sydney who's this no way <laughs> yes way hi monique hi sydney how are y'all today hey baby wonderful fantastic um i i don't i think racism is always um, I think what's currently happening in our climate um, is happening because other people are feeling it uh, being directed towards them. I think sort of when you think about when Trump won the election, 
I really wasn't upset as much as I find most of my white friends were because they felt for the first time that they weren't being heard, that their voice was not being acknowledged. And I kind of feel the same way now in terms of police brutality. It's always been happening. It's always been an issue. Now we have cameras and it's being seen. Um, you think about the, the one white lady that was shot in California. Uh, people came out in droves to talk about that because it actually affected them personally. It showed them that it could happen to someone like them. The same thing happened with uh, what happened this past weekend. We've been complaining about this the entire time. It's been an issue for black community our entire existence. But now that it's uh, listed with a Nazi issue, we see uh, droves more Jews coming into the fold of the conversation. So I think it's a question of it being relatable for people directly, that it be something that they can see and it, it, they can see that it could happen to them, too, um, that it becomes more prevalent. I, I, I'm not more any more moved today than I was any, any other day last week or the month or the week before. Um, it's sort of the same thing for me. So I don't see as, as an issue of like race relations getting better. I think the racism is being turned upon other people, so it's becoming a lot more prevalent in society today. Wow. We appreciate that comment. Thank you, baby. Thank you. I'll have a good day. You too. When it starts showing up at your front door, that's when you then say, oh, my God, it's showing up at my front door. But it was as, as long as it was across the tracks, I really can't relate because it's not really affecting me. But now it's knocking on the front door of everybody, everybody. And we're now seeing what America was really based on, made up of. So when we start hearing these conversations about all this violence and what's going on, we're starting to understand where it stems from. Let's go to the lines. We're talking about it. Racism in the United States of America. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this? Hey, perfect couple. This is Alicia. They call me foe, family over everything. Um, I want to congratulate y'all for being that strong black couple that is not afraid to talk about people, what people are afraid to talk about, first of all. We Thank appreciate you, that. Thank you. Y'all deserve kudos for that. This is what I think. Y'all, if this was some black people, if, if it was reversed, and this was some black people doing all this in Charlottesville, it would have been shut down. I don't understand why it's so hard to shut white people down when they're doing something racist, but it's, you can shut the black folks down just like a snap of a finger. I don't understand that. I don't understand why we have a president that will wait two and three days to speak on an issue that has been happening in Charlottesville since what Monday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I can't I can't believe this, and then I can't stomach the people that will say uh, speak all of this crap about him, but you voted for him. All these people that are, that have voted for this man <laughs> are now uh, sitting down, scooting down in their seat, saying, "Oh, it wasn't me." Oh, was you? <laughs> <laughs> well, if that if that bothers you, what do you think about the ones that voted for him and still stand strong on everything he does? Now, see, they playing games. Now, see, this is the thing. That's 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 when you try to tell a person that the sky is blue and they sitting up there lying, both face lying to your face, talking about it's still red. No, you know it's blue because you can look up, you can see it's blue. You know, and it, 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 it's kind of like that type of game with them. You see everything that's going on that is wrong with this presidency. 
we are not even a year into the presidency, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all of this is going wrong. So you can't sit up with a straight face and tell me that the sky is red anymore because everybody is seeing the sky is blue. Now, what are we going to do about this? We can't just sit up and talk about impeaching him. And if you notice on the news, I don't know why, every time they talk about impeaching him, I, I forget the black lady's name, bless her heart, but they show that black lady on the news, and the black lady is the only one talking about impeaching him. It's more than her that is talking about impeaching him. That's it. That's it. And that we- needs to be a conversation, like a real conversation. We appreciate that. Thank you, baby. Thank you. Hey, thank y'all. Y'all keep on doing what y'all doing here. Thank you, sweet. Y'all keep calling and voicing your opinion because I think this is one of those things where now the people's voice has to be heard. And just had to bring in 10 quotes of Abraham Lincoln because we oftentimes hear about individuals in the Republican Party saying we've got to stand strong because we are the party of Lincoln. And what happens is when we pose the question, um, why does slavery exist in America? We may get to the bottom of it, but we got somebody calling and we'll go to it. Let's All right, baby, let's go to the lines. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this? Yes, this is Corey Lewis. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Hey, brother Corey. Welcome. All right, uh, I, I'm I'm honored just to kind of be on. I'm kind of watching y'all via Periscope. <laughs> At the same time. We appreciate you calling in. Talk to us. All right. I want to get right right to the uh, solution. And I want to say that uh, the problem in America is not just, you know, they're looking at skin, but the real deal is is, is what's going on inside the person is sin. Come on sin now. has always been the problem in America because uh, us Americans, we need to yet know how to forgive because the Bible says it. How can you love your brother that you, I mean, how can you love the father who you, who you haven't seen and you hate your brother that you see every day? You know, I mean, because the Bible states it clear. It's clear, plain, plain and simple. So it's, is I that, mean, is that and, when you. And, and, and I feel like, you know, we all need each other in order to, in order to survive. That's what, that's what, that's what Jesus' prayer was. He said, Father, make them one as you and I are one. Us as, us as Americans. We do need to stand together now, is and not that, be divided apart. Is that response based or directed somewhat towards um, Charlottesville when you saw the Ku Klux Klan and the white nationalists and the counter-protesters from a standpoint of saying, <laughs> don't match hate with hate? Or was that just in general? Much it, yeah, yes. Yeah, it, it's, it's from what, you know, from seeing that because one lady died because of the you know because of the actions of the white nationalists as as opposed to you know looking at the historical aspect is that uh you know man and, and it made me reflect on you know i i wasn't living in the time of dr martin luther king but i admire what he stood for because he stood for nonviolence mm-hmm. and and the bible the bible does also says that and uh, what was the blessed all the peacemakers for they should be called the sons of god and 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 it made and it made me think back again. You know, if he was still existing, if he was still living, and Coretta Scott King was still living, you know, they would still push for that. And, I mean, and us as Black Americans, I think we should kind of regather instead of fighting each other because we all have our own, you know, we all have our own issues as well. But we should 
we should rally back together and get back to the foundation of what Dr. Martin Luther King stood for. Because we, that's what got us here where we are, where President Obama was in office. You feel what I'm saying? We appreciate your comment. Thank you so much for calling in. Thanks, baby. No So with that being said, Mm. um, getting back to the initial piece regarding why is America racist? Come on. And I'm going to read a quote from Abraham Lincoln. Uh, This is regarding Lincoln's true opinion of the Civil War. And says, the history books often declare that President Abraham Lincoln saw the Civil War as an opportunity to bring about justice and free the millions of black slaves in the South. Yet this is hardly the case. In March of 1861, Lincoln Lincoln rendered the following words. The war is waged by the government of the United States, not in the spirit of conquest or subjugation, nor for the purpose of overthrowing or interfering with the rights of institutions or institutions of the states, but to defend and protect the union. So essentially what he was saying in that breath was, what we're fighting for as it pertains to the Civil War is not really about slavery. It's about the protection of the Union. So I state that one quote out of 10 that I'm going to go through to speak to if the man that they refer to as the party of Lincoln, who is the icon for the emancipation of slaves himself, is a racist, mm. then how do we not understand Come on. why there would be racism in America? Let's go to the line. Come on, y'all. We're talking about a 404-832-2963. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this? Hey, this is Lisa from Florida. Hey, Lisa from Florida. Hey, Lisa. How y'all doing? I want to thank y'all for being a real power couple in our community. Mm. We don't have many, but you guys are real, and I want to thank you for what you do. We appreciate it. I also want to say to the brother that was just on the line, um, I'm not knocking anybody's religion, but I'm not sure if he's aware of the fact that they handed us the Bible when we got off the boat. Come on. <laughs> okay. Come on. Okay. He needs to see Birth of a Nation because mm-hmm. he's missing some facts. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what I want to say is I am so past what Donald Trump is doing. And what I'm really saying is, as black people, it's so much deeper than that. And I wanted to know what your thoughts are on the fact that we are a chosen people. We were chosen to endure, but there has to be, you know, there has to be another motive to being black, whether it's It's not just enduring, but it's also teaching the world. It's also rising above. So we have to really stop looking at the distraction of Donald Trump and really look at ourselves as a people and where we need to go. You know, we have, you know, the Democrats that's not doing nothing for us, but black people standing up every day, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Democrat. We have, I'm not knocking religion, but we have Creflo Dollar with a $65 million jet telling black people, God will save you. Mm-hmm. And we, there's, more, there's more of a purpose to us as a people. You know, I believe we need to teach the world 
how wonderful and how great we are. We need to stop looking at these little things and let's rise higher. I don't know how to do that. I wish I did. But my question to you two is, what do you think the bigger meaning, the greater purpose of the suffering of Africans is to the world? So that's my question. I want to hear your thoughts about it because I think it's so, so bigger than Donald Trump. We appreciate thank, that. Thank y'all. Thank, thank you. Thank you, baby. With regards to our purpose as African Americans and Africans and people of color, I honestly think that when we transcend our thinking and remove it from the bodies in which we live in in terms of our skin color and focus on the souls of who we are and look at the grand purpose of us as human beings, then we're moving forward because everyone to some degree has something to offer. And we are thinking myopically when we just look at it towards the color of our skin. Because when you have a 32-year-old young lady named Heather Hare who was killed as she was marching next to our African-American brothers and sisters, well, she was just as much as a sister in her spirit as she was despite the color of her skin. And it proves that skin color doesn't matter because when I watch individuals like a Paris Denard, who I don't know, and he may be a great guy to have a caramel and a cup of coffee with, but when I watch him on TV, I see him being someone that though the color of his skin may be black, his ideologies are suppressive to the world, not just African-Americans, but it's inclusive, but it's suppressive and oppressive to the world. And I wonder what does his family and friends and what do they think as they hear him defend a man that if Barack Obama stated half of the stuff that he said, that Donald Trump says, they would have hung him mm. as a black. They would have found a way to oust that man. But when we live in a world where you make excuses for a man who calls President Barack Obama out for using words or not using words like radical Islamist and trying to have a level of tact and diplomacy, which is something that is specific and indicative of someone who is presidential. But then you won't call out white racist, sub, sub, white nationalists and white supremacists as terrorists. Then and you're making excuses for that Paris Denards of the world and the other individuals because they always seem to find someone of African-American descent who will defend Trump, which speaks to it is not about the color of the skin that you're in, but it's about the soul that encompasses your body. So when we start transcending our thoughts from just being black, mm. see, just being black is a color. But what, is you, what are you as a human being? We spoke about reincarnation last week, which implies the soul is the only thing that you can take with you. But whether you believe in it or not, the soul is what occupies your body right now. And if you want to teach people, you must work on the soul that you have right now. We're talking about it, y'all. Trump, Charlottesville, Virginia, 
And why does racism exist in the United States of America? Now, somebody in the room put racism, racism exists all over the world, and you're absolutely right. Like, you're absolutely right. This is a world problem because oftentimes when we think racism, we automatically think white, black. But do you know racism, I mean, it's, come on, y'all, it, it goes all over the place and everywhere. It's just so in our face right now. As it's always been, but something's different happening now. Like, now it's, you have a leader of a country saying, yes, we did it, and fuck it. Yes, we did it, and fuck it. And now what y'all going to do about it? And now you have to say to the citizens of America, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Open Relationship with Monique and Sydney Hicks. Come on, we're going to the lines. We're talking about it. Hey, my love, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this? Yeah, this is um, James Markinson. Hey, James. Hey, hey, Miss Monique. How you doing? Good, baby. <laughs> hey, Miss. Hey, Mr. Fish. <laughs> how, how you doing, good brother? Talk to us. Hey, man. Getting through this line is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> My heart being kind of fast right now, so you have to excuse me for stuttering a little bit. Hey, man, take your time. Take your time and talk to us. Tell us what you're okay, thinking. Okay, hold on. Whew, I used to watch Miss, Mo- Miss Monique so much as a kid growing up. She reminded me of my mom's that just the same. That's <laughs> right. Thank you, baby. <laughs> but I, I was calling because, um, first of all, I'd like to say uh, thank you, you guys, because you know I didn't have a father figure growing up. And uh, Mr. Sid... Like it's so positive to see uh, a grown man showing us young black men how to walk, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. dealing with a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm married myself. I have three children. Um, I'm 28. I've been married since I was 19 to my wife, my lovely wife, uh, a beautiful black queen here. Today Congratulations. I used to be one of those people who used to you know, settle the things for church because, you know, that's what I was given. You know, I had no option as a kid going to church every Sunday until I found out myself that the only person that's going to make your life what it is is you. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to stop trying to live for other people. You have to live for yourself. And I think that's the problem when it's applied to racism in America in general. Everybody's being taught how to live. Nobody's out here trying to live for themselves. You see what I'm saying? I used to be a person who struggled since with, you know, the Bible, you know, but when I got older, I grew up and I did research for myself, and you understand that it was given to you. You know, you had no choice. Everything is acceptable dealing with racism. So we have to get out of that, that mindset of everything being acceptable. Mm. Great point. You see what I'm saying? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. We appreciate that comment, brother. And keep on listening. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, baby. Thank you. Thank you, too. I mean, to his point, because, you know, our last caller prior to that was speaking in reference to, you know, religion. And this was something that was given to us because we believed in beings that came from, you know, uh, Sirius B. And, you know, you have tribes like the Dogon that have a 5,000-year spoken lore in reference to individuals coming down in spaceships, teaching them 
giving them knowledge as you do many other cultures around the world. So we were given this religion. But before we go to the line, got another quote. Give it to him from the great uh, Abraham Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. Hmm. The freeing of black slaves in Lincoln's thoughts. Lincoln did eventually advocate emancipation. However, he did so to preserve the union and not to render a moral decision. He once wrote, quote, my paramount objective in the struggle is to save the union and is not either to save or destroy slavery. Come on. Let's go to the line. Let's do it. Hey, you. Okay. That was Lincoln. That was Lincoln. That was Lincoln saying this some bullshit. Okay. Now I'm the savory of you niggas. I did that. (laughs) Now y'all want to bring up shit. That I really didn't said, like you I'm niggas. The, she said, I'm the savory. I'm the savory of you niggas, not the savior, the savory. Savory. Because I wanted like to save flavor. you niggas. I wanted to keep you okay. niggas in the slavery. But then y'all got to kicking our ass in different kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it, y'all. We are talking about racism in the United States. Let's go to the lines. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this? Oh, wow. I got through. Hey, baby. <laughs> um, good afternoon. My name is Rod. Um, I'm calling from Dallas, Texas. Hey, Rod. Um, hey, but I just want to say I'm, I'm watching guys on Periscope, man, and just, wow, I, I can't believe you actually are brave enough to have this actual subject title and actually to have a real candid conversation about this. Um, I, I just, I was listening to you guys, and um, I think, you know, the question stands, you know, why is there racism in America and, and and I'm also glad, uh, Ms. Monique, I'm also glad that you stated that there's racism all over the world, not just here in America. And I, and I think the principle stands true into all racism. Um, in, in my opinion, and, and I'm, I'm not going to make it all religious or anything like that, I don't want to knock anybody's belief, but I just truly believe that it's just fear of being replaced these 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 white nationalists that were marching the other day, you know, they were stating, you know, you will not replace us. Blacks will not replace us. Jews will not replace us. These people are feeling as though that they're losing their hold or losing their grip on whatever power that they think they have had. You know, and, and it's funny. They bought us here in boats and ships. And then the first thing they say now that we start to get, you know, we start to, see, uh, especially as black folks, we start to see the power in our dollars. We start to see the power in, edu- in education. And then the first thing they tell us is when we don't like something or we try to change the system from within, they tell us to go back to Africa. You know, they don't want to, like they don't want to deal with us anymore. And to, to bring up Sidney's uh, uh, point earlier when he was saying that we, are, you know, we are, we have to look at our souls, we have to look at our people, I mean, look at us as people and not just as the skin color. See, I think it goes deeper than that, because when we understand our history, and we understand that we were the original people, right? Like, we were the first civilization, we were the actual first, that that's, that's actually proven. Black people were the first people on this planet, and that every other race, is a descendant of black people, whether people want to choose to believe that or not. We are all one. Mm-hmm. And once we actually understand that, that history and understand that knowledge, we understand that those people who are holding on to something, you know, whether it be white, black, 
blue, orange, whatever your race or Asian, whatever it is, that the end of the day, we all come from the same place. We are all the same, and that what it, and what I think it is that these people are afraid of accepting uh, the, the the truth and, and afraid of accepting who they really, really are, and they're holding on to whatever little bit of power they can because they know if they if they you know breed or intermix with us, eventually they'll go back to what they originally were, and that's black. You know, mm. so that's just my my stance on that. You know, I hope I'm not offending nobody. That I'm not a, you know, a biologist or anything like that. I just wanted to give my my take on that. And hey. thank you for for letting me speak. We appreciate the call. Thank you, baby. Hey, you know, there was a number of valid points that were made, and we know that based upon history, genealogy, things of that nature. Now you have uh, individuals that that is their forte who was would say that. Black people were the original ones. Um, there's proof that would s- to speak to that when uh, in our bodies and physiologically speaking, we cannot use the, the, the bone marrow of someone who is a Caucasian. But if they need bone marrow, we can not only supply our own people, but we can supply theirs as well Come and on. other individuals which speaks to that. However, why I say it is about the depths of the soul of who you are, because in your worst of times, it is not your skin color that's going to get you through. It's you tapping into the depths of your soul that's going to allow you to make it through. And when we speak in reference to the fears of others, the reality is it's very easy to see why and this is why there's a level of empathy that you have to have for individuals who are fearful for the color of their skin being eradicated due to the fact that black is a dominant trait to be a black person or african person it is a dominant trait and if you intermingle with others that dominant trait has a way of taking over and based upon census studies there under the belief that I was watching this morning, um, a gentleman by the name of uh, Daryl Davis, author of Clan, uh, Clandestine Relationships, and Clan is spelled K-L-A-N, and the documentary Accidental Courtesy. And I forgot the number in which he was speaking in reference to the year. I think it may have been 2030 or 2025 or something to that degree where he was speaking in reference to when he was coming up that it was 1% Native American, 12% African American, and I guess the 50s and 60s, and it was 80-plus percent Caucasians. Mm -hmm. And they're saying in 2025 or 2030, based upon the intermingling of blacks, whites, uh, Latins, um, and the whole nine, with the Latin community coming up to being 13% of the population now, and us 12% in the numbers, they may vary, but essentially being 25% of the population and the intermingling, it's going to come to a point where it's 50-50. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that's fearful. And when our last brother called in, Rod was speaking in reference to being replaced, it then begins to feel like you're being replaced to them as opposed to in our minds it's not being replaced 
It's just another group of individuals coexisting with you. But again, when you come from the party of Lincoln or when you come from a world in which Tom uh, Abraham Lincoln, who admired Thomas Jefferson, who wanted to end slavery and send slaves back to Africa, not because he thought it was wrong, but because he felt that at some point they would want to overthrow their slave masters. But yet he somehow found love. Come on. On a two-way street mm. and left it on a lonely highway. Ow, bam. With, his, with his slave. Yes. And had children. Yes. Then when you see that as the world that we live in, you see hypocrisy in that because he found love with this black woman. Yes. But he wanted to move black people away. So what does that mean? So That means there was a lot of mental illness. It it means it it, <clears throat> it means that it's difficult for individuals to accept the beauty of others because they look at it as something that's going to detract the beauty from them. Oh, you know what, Daddy? And, 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 and the lines are ringing off the hook, and we're going to get to them. But racism, and the reason why, in, in my humble opinion, people are mad, white and black, because they were told a lie. And you know how sometimes when you get told a lie, and it's your mama that lied to you, and you can't accept the fact that your mama lied, so you know it's a lie, but you're going to fight for it anyway. When you see white men, white women, black men, black women, because believe it or not, there are a lot of folks that have black skin that are racist against black people. Right. Dave Chappelle showed it so well. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> he showed it oh, so well. <laughs> yes. Right. It exists. It's out there. We, we, we deal with them every day. We watch black people every day. There are some that have this superior attitude towards other black people. So racism is so strong and so heavy right now that I think we're in a place where that pot is boiling. And someone in the room said, why do we keep having these conversations? God damn it, because if we don't, if we don't, then we will truly go backwards if we stay silent. And that's another problem with us in a community of people just staying fucking silent, being too scared to speak up and say it out loud. This is a situation, y'all. This is a problem. And it exists. So why would you not speak about something that exists and that is in your face on a daily basis? Let's go to your boy. One more quote. I'm sorry, uh, uh, James, is that tricky with let's go to? Um, a quote from our brother Abraham Lincoln and his defense from a scientific perspective on racism. Come on. According to Anna Lee Newitz, a journalist of cultural news, scientific racism relies on allegedly scientific ideas, whether genetics or phrenology. To claim some racial groups are naturally superior to others, Lincoln was an upholder of this institution. In 1858, he said, I will say in addition to this that there are there is a physical difference between the white and black races, which I believe will forever forbid the two races living together on terms of social and political equality. This is the great emancipator not. And just for, as a point of reference, these quotes that I'm re that I'm reading to you are from the Atlanta Black Star. Want to take it to the line, baby? I, I want to take it to the line, but I was going to take it to the left. But if you want to take it to the line, let's take it to the line first before I take it to the left. Let's take it to the line, Come brother on. James. Hey, you on with Monique and Sydney? Who's this? 
Hi, Auntie Uncle. This is Israel. How you hey, doing? Israel. Hey, Israel. Hey, Peaches. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us. Um, I, I just wanted to say, you know, I was I was listening to you guys, and like I said last time, we're still not ready. We're not ready. You know, there are so many of us who think that slavery didn't even happen, who think that slavery was in the past, who think that we're just, you know, um, 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 constantly bringing up something that we should just let die and go ahead and move on. Because it's not happening anymore. Like you said, Auntie, there are other countries all, all, all over the world is racism and prejudice. Because there's a difference in racism and prejudice. And I have noticed that uh, I was telling the, the folks in the group, I have a brother who's a, who is Pakistani, and he even told me that in his country, the light-skinned Pakistanians are prejudiced against the dark-skinned. That's why you won't see dark-skinned singers. Wow. And I said to him, even if they have a great voice and, you know, state, he said, no, they don't even recognize them. I said, oh, my God. You know, so it's, it's everywhere, everywhere. No you, have, you have Dominicans who can't stand Puerto Ricans, who can't stand Cubans. And mm-hmm. they're all speaking the same exact Spanish language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's going to be prevalent wherever you go, wherever, except for Thailand, which is wonderful, which my brother Justin just told me, because he moved from New York, from, from America to Thailand, and there's no prejudice there, he said. None. Against their own people or any, they're just trying to survive, period. That's the only place so far on this green, on this planet that has no prejudice. But I just wanted to say, I just think that one day we're going to have to wake up. Like I said before, we have to wake up. This is not a last year problem or a 200 years ago problem. This is a right now, today, tomorrow problem. Yes. And, it, and it won't be a problem to some of us until their children are, God forbid, shot by somebody, like the cops, you know, or someone I'm calling the police saying there's a black man in my neighborhood or a black girl in my neighborhood, and the police just roll up and just shoot them. It won't, it won't become real to them until it happens to them, which is sad. It shouldn't have to happen to you for you to realize it. We shouldn't have to keep hitting a brick wall for us to see that, that there was a wall in front of us, on the sides of us, and behind us. Yes. Absolutely. I, I, just, I just don't understand why we can't see this. I, I don't know what's what is you know, but then I have to think about the fact that they're even being taught that during slavery time we just rolled over and took it. No, we had moors. We had Africans who actually boarded ships and went and looked for their people and were killing left and right. They don't tell you about those people. They don't tell you about the slaves who were killing those those masters. They don't tell you about the whistling halls because they were spitting and putting all kind of stuff in their food. They don't tell you about any of that. Right. They don't want you to think that we have any kind of power. But that's why it's called his story. Exactly. It, 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 it's truly his story. And the one thing about people, and I just I, I don't want to put a color on it, just people, we have a hard time researching our information. Yes. And we will take the word of someone else. And as long as it's his story and we know we know his story is full of lies, holes, mm-hmm. it doesn't connect, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. And when that movie Hidden Figures came out, that's one of millions of stories, mm. millions of stories. And even now, they can still pick and choose 
the stories that they want to come out. And when, exactly. when you live in a world where you have the story of Jesus, who was mm-hmm. born in a place where, during a time where they were brown people, mm-hmm. but you will see in a black church a picture of a white Jesus, what mm-hmm. you're seeing is the effects of slavery on the minds of these individuals because they're not, and one would say, what would the reason for that be? Because how can you a slave enslave a group of people that the very man that you served in Jesus was one of those people that you enslaved? Exactly. And that's what makes it unfathomable for them to even try it. Even today, if they know that, they're going to say, well, you know, for the masses, we just got to make him white just for the masses because, you know, we don't want to stir up any, you know, that's just how it is. Everyone wants a smooth water to ride on. Nobody wants to make ruffles. Nobody wants to make waves, which is why I love you guys, because you don't give a damn how rocky the water is. You're failing. <laughs> You're failing. But you know what? I think about two things. I think about the fact that um, when you, um, Auntie, was on the Parkers, and y'all did that episode where you, were, where you took everything, where you couldn't use, use anything that was created or, or invented by black people. That was the first time that I saw anything like that on TV, and I was so impressed with that because there were so many of our young people watching that show, and they actually got a chance to realize just how much of, of a contribution we've made to this world. Yes. Instead of assuming that our only contribution was to clean toilets and kiss some white man's ass. No, it wasn't. We did yes. a lot. You just, they, just, they just don't tell you about it. That episode meant so much to me. Because it really helped a lot of my it was it was a conversation piece for months to come. I mean months. They were talking about you see 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 that episode? Yeah, I know that, that so much stuff was made by us and it it was it was being said in the streets, on the trains, on the buses. That's how influent how, how influential that one episode was for our people. We appreciate that. I you know, and I I, I I want to thank you for that. I think that the more you guys do this, I just wish you guys were on TV with your own talk show where we can do this live on TV. That would be so incredible because you would have every single person tuned in. You would. And even those who, 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 who talk shit would realize, oh, shit, she ain't who I thought she was. No, she's not. A, no, he's not. You got to <laughs> fuck that room the whole time anyway. So now here's the real people. You know, learn from them because they're here to teach us. So thank you guys for always teaching us. We and appreciate it. She loves you guys. We thank appreciate you. it. Hey, City. but don't act like you don't be calling in dropping knowledge too, though. Come on. So stop playing. <laughs> we appreciate you. I got that from you guys. <laughs> you guys taught me. <laughs> oh, from your mouth to the universe's ears, baby. See, I, I tell y'all, with this show, with Monique and Sydney's open relationship and... When you start getting called, someone, I'm calling from Dallas, I'm calling from Florida, I'm calling from here, I'm calling from there. UK. Uh, the UK. And when you hear young brothers saying, man, I didn't have a father figure, and listening to y'all, that's why this show is so necessary. And Israel, when you say you want to see it on TV, you know, we had a conversation that 
this show has to go to special TV because because <laughs> I think regular TV folks are scared. And you know, so Netflix, somebody like that, you know, hey, we 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 open because you know y'all do what y'all do, and uh, you know the we believe that this is the time and the world is ready for it. And the reason why we keep having these conversations is because when you see individuals that come on that are speaking in reference to how they were part of uh, white nationalist groups and Ku Klux Klans, and then they had an epiphany when they saw certain things transpire. What it does is says there is a tipping point. In the same way these individuals got involved, when you keep seeing information to make you uninvolved, it can transpire. So the same way that we're having these conversations, you never know what's going to be the word, the conversation, mm. to light the insight of an individual to make them change the way they're thinking. I got to give him another quote. Give from it Lincoln. to him, baby. Now, this was Brother Lincoln's thought on the difference between whites and blacks. Robert Morgan, a writer for, writer for the institution or Institute of Historical Review, confirmed that on August 14, 1862, Lincoln invited free black ministers to the White House to have a conversation. Lincoln did not hesitate to convince them of their inferiority when he candidly said the following. You and I, you and we are different races. We have between us a broader different difference than exists between almost any other two races. Whether it is right or wrong, I need not discuss. I'm going to say it again. Whether it is right or wrong, I need not discuss. But this physical difference is a great disadvantage to us both, as I think your race suffers very greatly Many of them by living among us while ours suffers from your presence. Come on. In a word, we suffer on each side. If this is admitted, it affords a reason at least why we should be separated. This is the great emancipator. That is Abraham Lincoln. That is the man that a lot of our black leaders, let me say it again, a lot of our black Leaders, Did y'all hear me spell that? B-L-A-C-K. Black leaders will stand up and proudly speak of the great Abraham Lincoln. And understand the reason why is because it's been said so many times. It sounds insane not to say it, which is the reason why I'm not going to cast and we're not going to cast dispersions on a man will let his words do that. I got to give him one more. Daddy, give it to him. Now shit. Lincoln's promotion of white supremacy. Talk about it. Lincoln was indeed a white supremacist in his 1858. I said 1958 because if he was around in 1958, shit is different. different. In his 1858 debate with Senator Stephen Douglas, Lincoln maintained and I quote, and in as much as they cannot so live while they do remain together, together, there must be the position of superior and inferior. And I, as much as any other man, am in favor of having the superior position assigned to the white race. That is the great emancipator. Do y'all hear it? Did y'all hear that? See, y'all. 
that's not what they're teaching us in schools. That's not what they're teaching our children. And if we know they're teaching our children lies, that's how we allow racism to continue on because we allow the lie to continue on. As long as our schools, any schools, is teaching us that Christopher Columbus is a great man, that's a goddamn lie. We will continue to have racism move on. As long as we keep believing that Abraham Lincoln was this great man, that's a lie. It keeps racism going on. So when we now look at Donald Trump, and as he said, this was the one thing he said I had to agree with, he said it didn't start with me, it didn't start with Barack Obama, you are goddamn right, Donald. It did not start with you. It started with your forefathers and, and your father. And when he spoke and, and mm. when he spoke in reference to where's it going to end with tearing down the statues? Here's the thing. I agree. You don't need to tear down the statues. What you need to do is build a statue next to it so that when you have a Robert E. Lee, why not have Frederick Douglass Come where on. you have the best of the worst and you have the best of the best? Because if you erase these individuals, the children that come two, three, four, five generations will not know what came before them because they will have erased this history. If you just look at we, the people and all men are created equal it seems like this was a positive society by great statesmen. But then when you look at the fine print and you see African-Americans referred to as three-fifths of a human being, which means that they are not considered men, then how could all men be created equal? And You know what, Daddy? I want to just address something that's in the room where somebody says, quit having a pity party. And see, this is what separates and divides us when you say quit having a pity party. Know what we're having are truth parties. And that's what fucks a lot of people up. Because a lot of people, white and black, will stand and say, how dare you tell the goddamn truth? Please allow us to live in this lie. So when you say stop having a pity party... That's just something you've been used to saying because anytime somebody speaks out, it is, oh, they're having a pity party. Oh, they're complaining. Fuck that. People got to speak out and say what's real and what's true. Here's what's the best part. When you see, and they showed on CNN, the white nationalists who are making pleas online to other individuals, and he was crying talking about how they're trying to replace us, talking about how the white man has no place. And when you say to people who were enslaved for hundreds of years, stop having a pity party, what do you say to the individuals that enslaved them when they're crying Mm. about individuals speaking in reference to equality? So there's a difference between us saying the reason why we are in the state of affairs that we're in today is because slavery is the answer to it all. No, we must take responsibility for our actions on a daily basis. However, with that being said, to ignore the origins of what we saw in Charlottesville, Virginia, and you hear people speaking about the party of Lincoln, well, we just thought that it'd be important that you know what the party or what Lincoln truly represented to see if you would still want to be a part of that party because the question we would pose is would the individuals who signed the Declaration of Independence 
would they be looked at as criminals today? Come on. Against the state because of their implications of wanting to have slavery and do the things that they had, do the things that they did and create a biasness in the world or in the United States of America. And at the end of the day, because they'll get to talking about Chicago and black on black crime and what does slavery have to do with that? Here's the thing. Before there was black on black crime, there was this thing called the Revolutionary War. And if I'm not mistaken, that would be construed as white on white crime. Mm. And there were more people in the Revolutionary War and the Civil War, which was started by Caucasians who, under the guise of we're fighting for blacks, no, they were fighting because the South was overtaxing blacks or overtaxing the North for their cotton. And they said, we're not having that, so we're going to do some ass kicking under the guise that slavery was a part of it because they had free labor. So when you look at it from that perspective, was that white on white crime? Oh, no, it was a war. It was initiated by whites. Who was in charge? Who tell me the black guy that was in charge of the North? Tell me um, the black guy who was in charge of the South. Um, Because uh, I don't know him. Me either. So at the end of the day, there's so many things that are said that we don't look at that are right in front of us. And we're saying if we focus and really see them, perhaps we'll start looking at the bigger picture and start working together. And stop being afraid of one another because there are things about people that exist all around us that are beneficial and are not so beneficial. Let's focus on what is beneficial as opposed to being so afraid of what you really don't understand. You know what, Daddy? I think if we focused on the truth. All day. Like if we just focused on the truth, like there's a constitution that was written up by some cats that was high shit when they were writing it, had a couple drinks, smoked up on that weed. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, we don't know if they did that cocaine or that hair wrong. We don't know, but we know they was fucked up. Oh, right? they, they were drinking because the water was unsanitary, so they had to drink alcohol. So they drinking. So now y'all know about two in, you thinking kind of different. And they sat around and they said, fuck it. This is what we're going to put in this document that will last forever. That black people are three-fifths of a human being. One, two, three, four. Fifth. Okay. Three-fifths of a human being. And as long as those words are written in that Constitution is as long as we'll be in the positions that we'll end. Yes, we, they will dangle a carrot and say, see, one nigga got in. See? No, we, this is not. No, y'all. This is what this country stands on. Even so much as, I'm going to tell you, in my humble opinion, how fucked up this country is. To call our brothers and sisters that were here before Christopher Columbus brought his ass here and they wanted to claim it America. See, we call them Native Americans. How do we call somebody a Native American because this shit wasn't America when they came here? So we just going to give them that name. It was Turtle Island. Right. So they're, they're Native, what you call them, that Native? Turtle Islanders. Right. Because they were, that's what they refer to it as. But we're just going to give them their Native Americans. We're just going to make Jesus a Christian. Like, it's, it's just so much bullshit that we don't even question. And the people who call this America and refer to themselves as Americans are Europeans. Mm. But this was their way of not being associated with the individuals that they felt oppressed them. Come on. 
So this whole thing was started as a way of creating what? A new England. Come on. So at the end of the day, you know, we're going through these things to speak to the origin. As we said, we know that there's racism, prejudices everywhere. I've spoken to friends who were of Latin descent, and they said the same thing Sister Ezra said, that light-skinned folks that are of the Latin community oftentimes are prejudiced against individuals who are darker-skinned. And I'm like, really? And just like they said, you know, after we eat, we like to go to sleep. Really? Mm. Yeah, that's one thing about Latin. That's what they, I'm like, well, that's what. They said about black that, people. You know, so. Then your white friend will say the same thing. Right. So it's one of those things where our focus is on America at this juncture because this is where we live. And we happen to have a man that is saying there is. Both sides are responsible for the mayhem to some degree in Charlottesville, Virginia, but yet no one's asking him, so does that apply to you when you were speaking to uh, our man over there in North Korea and you talking about fighting him with fury, you know, Fire fire and fury? So does that make you partially responsible? Because in your mind, you thought you were defending your position. Mm. as these individuals thought that they were defending their position. Can I give a, a little something on Daddy, on, I want you to give it. Aid. Come on, give it on his ass. It says, Lincoln was no supporter <laughs> of racial equality. In fact, while debating Douglas in 1858, he de- declared, oh, my, my bad, my bad, I said that. Lincoln's, did I say that one? You said that one. Okay. One. I didn't do this one, did I? Wait a minute, baby. Lincoln's personal stance regarding emancipation. I have no purpose directly or indirectly to interfere with the institution of slavery in the states where it exists. I believe I have no lawful right to do so, and I have no inclination to do so. I have no inclination to do so. Come on. Let me give you another one. What does that mean, no inclination? Meaning I have no intention. To fuck with it. To fuck with it. Come on. Honest A's perspective on interracial marriage. I have never had the least apprehension that I or my friends would marry Negroes if there was no law to keep me from them. But as Judge Douglas and his friends seemed to be in great apprehension that they might, if there were no law to keep me from it, I give him the most solemn pledge that I will to the very last stand by the law of this state, which forbids the marrying of white people with Negroes. I'm going to give you the last two. Give it to us. Lincoln's concerns pertaining to the expansion of slavery. There is a natural disgust in the minds of nearly all white people to the idea of indiscriminate amalgamation of the white and black races. A separation of the races is the only perfect preventative amalgamation. But as an immediate separation is possible, the next best thing is to keep them apart where they are not already together. If white and black people never get together in Kansas, they will never mix blood in Kansas. And lastly, give it to him. Lincoln's position on the threat of biracial people on American society. Our Republican system was meant for homogeneous people. As long as blacks continue to live with the whites, they constitute a threat to national life. 
family life may also collapse and the increase of mixed breed bastards may someday challenge the supremacy of the white man. This right here, those are 10 facts that you may or may not have known about Abraham Lincoln, who was known as the great emancipator. Now that you know the truth, now that you know who this man was based on his own words, these weren't words that were made up. These weren't words that somebody guessed what he was saying. This shit is quoted as to what he said. Come on. So do you still now put your fist up in victory and speak on how great this man was? See, when we really know the hidden figures of our history, and you dig a little deeper on the forefathers of this country, and you realize the forefathers of this country were racist, criminals, They were criminals. They did things against humanity. But we still hold these people in a high esteem, and we can't wonder why why these white men are walking around with tiki torches and and screaming, we will not be replaced. They They can't replace us. Well, who the fuck is trying to? And at Maddie BKK, as you so eloquently put it, we idiots are idiots because we're making an issue out of slavery. Well, you have to excuse us as being the idiots that we are. But what we would simply say to you is this. Whatever you feel is your purpose in life, our purpose in life is to tell the truth. And if telling the truth makes us an idiot, what does living a lie make you? You know, this is why I so appreciate sitting next to this man because he answers with love and kindness and gentleness and, and, and thoughtfulness because what was the name, Maddie? Maddie. Maddie. When you call people idiots for speaking about some shit that took place in this country for over 400 years and it still affects this country today. It still affects this country today, and it has the type of effect on this country that you have white men still carrying goddamn tiki torches. Now with the sheets off, saying, fuck it, we just up in front. And what you're really upset about is because you believe the lie, too. See, you believed the lie. You believed that we were three-fifths of a human being. You believed that you were the superior race. And now that you start seeing— Here's the thing, go love, ahead, Daddy. before you go there— you don't know what color this woman is. Listen to me. And I'm going to say this. Say it to me. Paris Denard. You don't know what color individuals are, but all we know is the color of their souls based upon the truth that they speak and the way in which they act. So we don't want to presume what color she is. You're right, baby. But what we can presume is she is comfortable in living in a lie and is uncomfortable with hearing the truth. Hey. Hey. I'm so glad we had this time together. Yes, Daddy, me too. Just to have a laugh, a sing a song. Come on. Seems before you know it, we just got started and something, I'm saying it wrong. It's so long, that's time to say. So, so long. long. Yeah. Take us out, baby. I'm going to take us out, baby. Where they tune into? Listen, y'all can tune into play.it. Tell a friend and tell another friend and then tell 10 more friends. So we can keep it rocking and rolling. And where did they tune in to Go to now? play. Where did they tune into just now? What's our show? Our show is Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Right. Thank you for tuning <laughs> into it. Take us on home, baby. 
Thank you for tuning into Monique and Sydney's open relationship. And like my daddy always says, the mind is like a parachute. It is no good unless it's open, Maddie. We love y'all. For free. Mwah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.